the two of you always sound really good. And I listen well, to you. Well, that's because I, I degrade your audio a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now all the secrets are coming out. <laughs> Welcome to Pajiba, the Pajiba Television Podcast. Or again, welcome back. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm Pajiba Comedy <laughs> Editor Dan Hamamura. With me, as always, are Pajiba TV Editor Tori Preston. Hello, Dan. Hello, Tori. And guest person Dustin Rolls. Hello, Dan. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't know why Dustin is guest person this week, but that's what he wrote on the. It's uh, what he named himself in the. There's, see, what happens is we record. <laughs> over the internet, and there's a program, and you can put whatever name you want in the program. And every week, Tori puts her own name because she is very secure in her own personhood. And <laughs> Dustin makes up something random, usually a reference or sometimes it's nonsense. Uh, Dustin, what is this week's reference and or nonsense? No, it's, it's just complete nonsense. That's all I can think of. All right. Uh, there you go. So, I was a little... in a hurry, and I was like, <laughs> what? What could I do? And that's what came to my mind. Just a little window behind the scenes into what happened. We're we're now seventy four episodes in, and this is how it goes. <laughs> how the Pajiba sausage gets made. Yeah. Uh, this week we're going to talk about Wandavision. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, uh, Walker a little bit. Some uh, various shows that uh, Dustin and Tori watch, which I have actually watched this week, so that'll be fun. Uh, <laughs> Dustin's Riverdale Recap returns. I uh, can't wait for that. Uh, but before that, what is everyone drinking? Tori? Um, still. Oh, you're right. My, still January. Sorry. Still January. But uh, I was all excited. I made uh, hot cocoa, and I was going to be like, ooh, I'm sipping hot cocoa. But then we talked so much before we started recording <laughs> that I already finished my cocoa. So I'm now back to the exact same seltzer I've been drinking for the past three weeks. Got it. Um, so congratulations. What kind of cocoa was was it? Um, chocolate cocoa. I don't understand the question. I mean, like, <laughs> was it, like, fancy, or was it, like, I don't know, Swiss Miss? Or... No, I make it. Um, so I take Lake Champlain unsweetened cocoa powder, and then I add, so, you know, you, like, pour it in, and then you add a bit of sugar, and then you turn it into a paste, and then you add milk. But I don't add normal sugar. I add maple sugar because I am a Vermont stereotype. So I end up <laughs> making a chocolatey, mapley like sludge and then I add the milk and then I microwave it. All right. That sounds way fancier than uh squeeze a little C B D oil in there. I should. I only have the C B D for the for the animals. Uh-huh. <laughs> isn't it the, is it not the same? It probably is, but I wouldn't understand the dosage. Also my uh, animals really need it. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Dustin, what about you? I am drinking something called Jumble Sale, which I think it's a Riesling. I might have had this before. It's from the place. The from goddamn the place. Yeah, the box. The internet box. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty good, though. For you. Jumble Sale from uh, Columbia Valley, Washington. Famous for its Rieslings. Is it? I don't know. And now... <laughs> And so, were you? Uh, are you going to cancel your box that you've been? You know what they don't. Did I? Did I mention they don't give you that option on the internet? You have to call them, and that's really the problem for me. I don't. I don't make phone calls. <laughs> Dustin, of course they make you call. Oh my! God. I've had. I and this is this is. I'm not lying. 
uh, I've had a gym membership for five years. When was the last time you went to the gym? Five years ago. (laughs) (laughs) When you you signed up. (laughs) (laughs) Did you literally only use it once? No, I know I used it for like a year. And then I haven't used it since. Because you have to call? I think you actually might even have to go in. But definitely at least call. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it's one of those cheap ones. It's only like ten dollars a month, and okay. you know, so it's not like I'm. Losing That's a, a lot. whole streaming service, Dustin. You could probably upgrade all of your streaming services so that you don't have to watch commercials. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I already have upgraded them all. But mm, I, I wrote about this. This is uh, Planet <laughs> Fitness. I wrote about this a few years ago. They designed. They they set the price point. Uh, for you so that you don't feel obligated to go in, but mm-hmm. it doesn't, you also don't feel like you have to cancel it because it's $10, whatever, I'll yeah, go it's next a placeholder. Right. Exactly. So it's perfect. And they actually, I think there was like, um, I don't remember what the number is, but like if everybody that actually signed up went to the gym, it would be like 90% over capacity. <laughs> so... <laughs> They design it, and they actually put the weights and all of that stuff as far away as possible so that you don't, like, get attached to that. (laughs) They don't want you to use the gym, basically. Mm -hmm. Wow. They just want you to sign up. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, but it's also the opposite of... um, Do you read the article about how... uh, what is it? Uh, Soul Cycle kind of went under, like it, because it it, 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 the entire brand was based on like exclusivity, so it was like really expensive. The classes were almost impossible to get into. People would, you know, were constantly jockeying to like get into the class with the most desirable instructor. Um, would, and like it was like you would call. You had to call to, like, reserve at a certain time, and so everyone was fighting, and people would start buying gifts for the <laughs> the receptionists to try and, like, grease the wheels to be able to get into the classes, and, like, and you would reserve certain bikes, and it turned into this whole, like, I mean, it was just, but once, like, the the culture where it seemed like it was, it was, you know, uh, was this the place that had some association with Trump? No. Uh, I think it got bought by, um, uh, what's the really expensive gym? Uh, I, I have no idea. I don't I'm blanking. And then the owner of that one had a connection to Trump. SoulCycle itself didn't, but then they had to put out a statement because it was like, oh. they, right. Um, but that was the whole thing. Their brand was basically they didn't have that many stores. But then as they expanded, they started adding more and more stores. <laughs> but it was still trying to be like all all about exclusivity. And essentially like the bubble burst on it because it was once they diluted the brand enough, it was not like nobody wanted to pay. There was, no, you know, you couldn't, you weren't. Right, like they weren't, they didn't have the line going out the door anymore. Yeah, and there wasn't the weight. But then they also, it was also the rise of Peloton was a problem because it was like Mm -hmm. they, you know, people could now cycle in their own home. And it was still exclusive because you're still paying like $2,000 for this bike. Right. Plus $40 Um, a month, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and they could have been, they could have, I think they could have beaten Peloton. Like they were working on their own 
at-home bike, but it, like, didn't work out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so did SoulCycle go under, or is it just, like, I hobbling? I think they still exist, but they're not doing very well. Not mm-hmm. It's also well. probably difficult to go in right now to a soul cycle well right yeah Yeah. but they were having basically they were having problems plus it it then came to like like some of their instructors were getting um i mean they were like sleeping with the customers and there was some like sketchy stuff going on and i think yeah there was a whole expose it was really fascinating to read Um, were they like mean instructors or oh yeah kind of they were kind of like kind of bitchy (laughs) because <laughs> the Peloton people are like, you know, super nice and encouraging and lovely. Oh, no. These instructors would get mad at the receptionists if uh, oh. ugly people got put in the bikes close to them. Because oh. it was like there was this whole oh. social tier within the classroom <laughs> for like how close people were to the instructor. So there would be like the bikes right in front of them would be kind of the most desirable. And so if you were like one of that teacher's favorites, like you could get into that bike. But if, um, so people would be like (laughs) trying to call in to reserve the closer bikes. Um, but if somebody that the teacher didn't want got one, they would get angry at the receptionist for granting it, even though like that person probably called in at the right time and was able to reserve it. Right. Like it was, yeah, it was bad. (laughs) Well, this is a TV podcast. Sorry. sounds terrible. (laughs) No, no, that's fascinating. (laughs) It's fascinating, but also terrible. And also Dustin... Uh, here's how you bring it back to TV. Uh, Dustin, your uh, plight was uh, was uh, was uh, dramatized in the popular American television show Friends uh, when uh, when uh, Joey, I'm not Joey Chandler, uh, wants to quit the gym and just can't and tries right. and fails because he goes and, there. And, yeah. He actually goes down to try to quit, and then the guy like kind of calls him a quitter. And then he's like, I want to quit the gym. That's like his catchphrase for the episode. And uh, and they're like, oh, you want to quit? Okay. And then they bring out like this really hot woman who's like, oh, you want to quit? And he's like, well, no, now I don't want to. And then I think Ross ends up <laughs> signing up because of that. Uh, anyway, it's a whole thing uh, on the television um, show Friends, which you two clearly have never seen. I have uh, seen that episode, yes. We're not I've seen, get I into it. seen Friends. Is yeah, that the well, one where um, Ross and Rachel have a baby? <laughs> It's that exact one, yes. Is it that one? I assume all episodes of Friends that we talk about are the one that, yeah. I am channeling my inner Roxana right now, giving you my my most exasperated sigh. (laughs) And I'm drinking Orion beer from Okinawa. Uh, I found some in my fridge. I didn't think I had any left, and it felt like a beer night, so there you go. Wait, Um, do you have a magical fridge in addition to your magical liquor cabinet? No, the fridge is not magic. It's just that I don't drink beer very often. So when I buy beer, then like I'll drink a couple and then not want to drink beer for a long time, and then it'll just kind of live in the back of the fridge until I realize uh, it's I, there. As a single person in LA, do you have a crowded fridge or one of the? I've seen Seth's fridge. It's embarrassingly bare. It's just like two six packs and a lot of waters. And like uh, a condiment, like a like a thing of mustard. I was going to say, I imagine the door of his fridge is just all hot sauce. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I can't. I I have a problem, which is that I can't keep more than a few days worth of like food in the house because I'll just eat it. Like I'm kind of like a, like my eating habits are kind of like 
like a goldfish in its tank where like I, it will expand to the size of its uh, environment. I see. My, yes. uh, my stomach will expand to the size of whatever's in my fridge. So, um, <laughs> so I can't do like, I mean, you know, I have like emergency stuff and whatever, but like, as far as like fresh food or th- stuff I want to prepare, I can't actually keep more than like a few days worth at a time. Cause otherwise I'll just eat it all. Which um, is why you're always going to the market. Yes. Um, also, it's the only place to go outside. So, <laughs> Fair uh, wait, have we talked about foods you can't keep in the house? I know there's a TV podcast, but now I'm all, now my brain's there. Um, foods you can't keep in the house because you eat them. Yes, I think that's. No, like, we don't. Uh, I don't. Think I don't think we have talked, talked about it. Okay, so just it. just like as an example, like I cannot, I cannot get. I mean, I will get it every once in a while, but it's only because I forget that I cannot keep hummus in the house. Mm. Because if I if I get a thing of hummus, then and I'm like every time I, without fail, whenever I go to the market and I get hummus and like whether it's pita chi- or like chips or or vegetables or whatever, in my head I say like oh hummus I can I could eat this like you know over the course of maybe like a week, and then the first time I open it the whole tub is gone. gone. <laughs> yep. So no, that I'm, one's. Weirdly, I, I relearn that lesson about once every few months. I have that problem with uh, pistachios. Weirdly, like mm. I, I can really that. love them, and I can eat like, like I, I get them with the shells on, so that it will take longer. But still, uh, I go through like half a bag and at once. And then I, I can see the ritual of like deshelling. They're them so too. nice. Like, yeah, it's so comforting yeah. and lovely. Yeah. And just and then you're sick to your stomach. You guys are so healthy. Like my my problem foods are um, spicy dill flavored potato chips. Where like I'll get a bag and I'll think like this will last me a couple of days and then I will eat it all immediately. Yeah. Uh, or little Debbie uh, fudge brownies. <laughs> and oh, wow, you still get those? No, I don't anymore. I, cause those, I can't because like, nuts what are those little oh nuts my god no so i used to and this was like from the because that was a thing like when i was a kid my mom would pack my lunchbox and i would get one of those oh. and i had a whole ritual when i was in like grade school where i would like wipe the nuts into the garbage uh-huh, and then i garbage. would peel the fudge off and roll it into a ball <laughs> and save it and i would eat the brown what? part and then i would munch on the fudge part i did not even <laughs> know you could like, separate you the fudge your hands from afterward it. are just covered in oil yeah yeah right <laughs> So, um, and then I grew up and I obviously matured. And so I would just stick to wiping the the nuts off. And um, yeah, at some point after, like after college, like I had roommates, I was living in apartments in my twenties and I went to the grocery store and I discovered that they still had those fudge brownies, but they had started putting rainbow colored chocolate chips on top. And those are great because you don't have to wipe them into the garbage because they're not nuts. <laughs> so I started buying those. Now they're the nuts my, on those. <laughs> but I didn't want my roommates to eat them, so I would hide them in my bedroom like a secret. <laughs> and then I would eat like I, they would be gone. Like I would eat half a box the day I bought it and then the other half the next day and I would feel terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least nobody else had gotten to eat any of them. That's amazing. Uh Tori, also, uh, the, I, I like that you claim that our habits are healthy, but let me tell you, the, e- eating a whole thing of hummus is not healthy. How no. is it not healthy? Those are it's because, chickpeas. Yeah, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's a lot. 
It's, it's, a, it's like it's a whole a thing of, of hummus. It's yeah, a lot of paste. Um, no. no. Also, you, what if you, you even said you might put vegetables in it? Yeah, but that was just to sound cool. Let's be honest. It's always pita bread. <laughs> it's so always carbs. Pita. It's always carbs. Uh, and and your, your potato chip thing reminded me of the fact that, like, also, I also have a problem with, um, like, plain tortilla chips. Uh so, like, you know, if you get tortilla chips with, like, salsa or whatever, some yeah. kind of dip or, you know, there's a big game coming up in a couple of weeks that, you know, you might eat some chips. Uh, but uh, if if I, if I'm, like, out of dip or out of whatever and I just have chips left, then I'll just eat them. And then, like, I'll just be like, oh, I, I could use a little salt. I'll have, like, three chips. And then, like, the whole bag's gone. I'm like, wait, what happened? It's really the salty snacks are the problem. Because, like, once so. your mouth gets used to it, then you're like, I just need another one. Yeah. I just need more more chips. Yeah. So, anyway, too many, too many, uh, too many <laughs> no. chips, foods I can't keep in the... In the what did you... Uh, I, I heard that there's a food that Dustin can't keep in the fridge. Oh. Like, he oh, can't keep true. around. I think it's, uh, what is it, eggs? <laughs> there are actually too many eggs. Too, yeah, I mean, you can't. too many eggs. You, so <laughs> many eggs. Like, everything, you just put eggs on it now. He's like... Well, it's, it's more that you use eggs for everything because now now you you have, we have to, to so. because there's right. no place to put them. We have like um, we had to buy this week. We had to buy one of these big plastic uh, containers that hold like 36 eggs at a time, just because they just and we eat the eggs all the time on everything. But you know, there's so many eggs. There's like five a day. What's that? 35 eggs a week. You can't eat 35 eggs a week. So what do you? What preparations for eggs have you? added to repertoire like how are you going through all of these eggs walk us through this in addition to giving them away uh, i i now eat uh egg ham and cheese sandwiches for lunch every day uh and waffles there's only two we do egg salad on the weekends because that's like seven or eight eggs and then uh we haven't tried quiche yet because i hate it but i figure at some point we're gonna have to yeah because that'll use a lot of eggs Mm mm-hmm but, you know, we're still working. We're finding things. Have you ever tried um, soy sauce eggs? Because you oh. can keep them in the fridge for a while. Soy sauce eggs? What is that? Yeah, it's like you soft boil eggs. Like you, you, you oh. hard boil them, but you just you leave them still like a little soft in the middle. And then, mm. you, you know, you cool them, you peel them, and then you marinate them in. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can do the marinade. But it's like a, usually a bit of water, a bit of sugar, a bit of soy sauce, a bit of vinegar. Uh, it's kind of like the eggs that end up in your uh, ramen. Yeah, exactly. You're prepping mm. ramen eggs. Um, yeah. But you can do like a half a dozen or, a, you know, you make a whole, and you just put them in a Ziploc bag and put them in the fridge. And the longer they're in there in the marinade, they just keep getting darker and saltier and more delicious. And if they get too much, <laughs> then you dump the marinade out, but they, you can still keep them in the fridge. And you know, and I, I, I like ramen eggs, but I don't like to think about how they're made or... I don't like hard-boiled eggs, and yet I like them in ramen. But I don't like to think about them alone. Oh, I just do it. No, because I like, I like them. I make them for the ramen, but then I like them the next day because I just take one out, I cut it, put a little sriracha and some pepper on it, and eat it. Oh, that sounds good. Also, I should point out I haven't eaten dinner yet, so <laughs> we're going to move on. <laughs> Because I'm on the West Coast and it's a little bit earlier for me. Uh, we're going to move on to... Uh, welcome back, Dustin. How are you? 
Good. Uh, specifically, welcome back to du- welcome back welcome to Riverdale, back. your favorite town in all the world. Uh, Dustin's Riverdale recap is back. It's been how how long has it been? Do I have no know? idea. I don't nope. know. It's been a while. Like a, it feels like, like a, a year. Yeah. It feels no, like no, it's not been quite. A, I think it, I think um, it was like last April was the last episode. So, du- Dustin, please, uh, please let us know. Remember, seven words or, or fewer. Well, can I just preface it by saying that I know that uh, I think in the next couple of episodes they're going to do a time jump until after college. There's going to be a huge time jump, but until then, they're finishing out last season, basically, like the plot line from last season because they had to quit with four episodes left. So uh, they're still in high school, and this week uh, they went to prom. And everyone danced to a snuff film. Uh, Archie fought in a boxing match to determine whether he'd go to the military, but he lost, and then he confessed to Veronica that he kissed Betty. And that's my Riverdale. Wait, I heard snuff film? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I heard. I mean, still <laughs> cut out, although I kind of don't want to ask for clarification. Wait, no, now. I like that it went. they went to prom. Am I cutting then, like, out? Snuff film. <laughs> That's that right. They went to prom and everyone danced to a snuff film. To a snuff film? Well, they didn't know it was a snuff film. I mean, they saw that somebody was getting killed, but they didn't realize it was real. They just thought, oh, somebody put this cool film with music up on the screen and we're all going to dance like a mosh pit. And then they later found out that it was an actual snuff film. God, you know. So it was someone being murdered? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But also... Uh, <laughs> Archie confessed that to Veronica that he kissed Betty. So. Was that a surprise? I mean, anyone who knows the Archie comics, it's always Betty and Veronica. Like, he's always going between the two of them. Right. They well, should know I, that by this point, right? Archie and Veronica have been pretty s- steady for a couple of years, but I think they just broke up because of it. And then they're going to go to college, so I guess... When no. they come back from college, maybe they'll reformulate the oh, whole... Oh, and that's right, because Betty was evil, and she hooked up with Jughead, or she hooked up with Jughead and was evil. There was something with Betty. Yes, she is often evil, but she's been with Jughead basically since the beginning. But sometimes she's wow. evil. Wasn't it a wig? Bad Betty or something? Yeah, Bad Betty. blam a down. Bad Betty. Blam, sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Tori, for oh. teeing that up because that's pretty clearly was uh, was your only. Uh, I'm, only. I'm assuming I'm assuming that's what you're getting at. Yeah, that was my only investment in this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only reason I remember <laughs> that, that that happened to her because I've never seen the show. <laughs> uh, but you've been you, you've been kept uh, abreast of all the th- of the goings on. Uh, thanks to Dustin. Although uh, we'll see if I had to cut that whole segment or not, depending on uh, the weird uh, sound issues we were suddenly having from Dustin's end. But why am I having sound issues? I don't know. You I don't know. Out. Are you cursed? Maybe it was just the, the Riverdale part. Was Maybe cursed. you shouldn't Maybe. be in the. Is it the guest? Is it a Bluetooth thing? You're hooked in. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Can you hear the train? No, but you're coming in good now. I can hear it a little bit. Uh, let me turn up the sound. <laughs> okay, no, now I can hear it. On the train. I have my headphones turned down because everyone's sound is good today. Or was good until Dustin. Until I started up. talking about Riverdale. Uh, 
Anyway, let's uh, let's move on. Let's let's move on uh, from from Riverdale to a little town called Austin, Texas, <laughs> for Tori's first ten words of Walker. We'll come up with a better name. Yeah, I don't uh, know. Anyway, uh, Walker, not Texas Ranger, just Walker. Well, uh, we should clarify. He is a Texas Ranger. It just right. is not in the title. Right, but you can just call him Walker. Yes. Uh, as they said in the show uh, at one point. Yeah, he prefers uh, to be just called Walker. You can just call right. him Walker. He doesn't uh, look like a Walker, I have to say. Or a Cordell. What? <laughs> or, frankly, a Texas yeah. Ranger. Walker, Walker is his Wait, last is name, Dustin. Cordell is his first name? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, anyway, uh, Tori's going to cover that for us uh, in her uh, new Walker, 10 Words of Walker segment. Again, name TBD. All right. Walker's wife dies immediately, and he's a terrible father to his children afterwards. Oh, that's definitely more than 10 words. Was it? Yeah, uh, I got 10 words. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> I also did not count it. I just was like, eh, that's not uh, short. It's a couple, it's... It's close enough. It's closer yeah. than Dustin gets, for sure. So. Yeah, that's true. He was because I get 30 seven. words. Yeah, we told you to do it in seven. Right. Okay. <laughs> Dustin, we are on a budget here. Then all you know is that we spent Archie We spent 30 Veronica. minutes talking about food. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> at a time crunch. We have to get to television, Dustin. <laughs> um, so did so you yeah, like Walker. it? Huh? Did I like did you, it? Yeah. It was a it was a it was a rough pilot. I don't know if I would check it out again to see if it smooths out, but I feel like uh, there was a there was a big time jump in it, and there are a lot of details of the plot that it's like they're trying to set up a larger story, but they haven't mm-hmm. identified anything. <laughs> so it's like there's a mystery around the wife's death, but it's like I don't know what her job is, like why any of the things that happened, happened. Um, And they kind of, there's a lot of details between characters that um, feel like, and it couldn't have, I don't think it's stuff that you would know for, I never watched the Chuck Norris one, so I I can't really tell if they're, they're assuming that you know the Walker Texas Ranger brand, because this feels like an entirely new concept. Would anyone Um, who watched this understand the brand? I mean, it's like supernatural fans. I watched the original one a little bit, like, off and on, and I don't recall... Like, I feel like the brand of that one was just, it's Chuck Norris beating people up. Yeah, kicking people. Yeah. This is very much, uh, you know, Jared Padalecki has a drinking problem and is sad, um, and also occasionally beating people up. Um, But the beating people up is... That has nothing to do with Walker, it's just his life. It's back burner. Yeah, this is more about his life, and there's going to be a, a mystery. But he just get, he's got like a new partner, and and they're definitely addressing the kind of uh, it's gonna they're gonna deal with border crossings and immigration because mm-hmm. um, they they do kind of address off the top um, the idea that like so his new partner is um, Mexican American, and she talks about the fact that like her mom she basically like her mom will not talk to her right now because she became a, a ranger because she became a cop and then got promoted to being a Texas Ranger. Right. Um, and it's like antithetical to everything that her mom who, you know, came from Mexico and everything. Like it's just her entire experience in this country. Like it's the idea of her kids becoming law enforcement is, um, 
not okay. So, you know, they're kind of, you know, and, and they talk about, like, at one point, uh, Walker encounters a family. Uh, their daughter is friends with his daughter. Um, and the two girls get busted for drugs. And he, he goes to pick up his daughter, and he finds out that the other parents, like, don't have their papers yet. So even though their daughter was born in this country, she had no idea that, like, she really needed to not do anything to get her parents dragged into the police station. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, okay, no, 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 I'll sort it out. Like, my hus- my brother's a lawyer, you know. So they're, they're definitely trying to set up that he's, like, a wild card who plays by his own rules, but also, like, is not trying to get people busted. Right. Um, so I don't know how that's all going to shake out. It's a little wishy-washy right now because he is still a ranger. Well, I'll give it a look. Just to make fun of Padalecki some. What like is that. funny is that Mitch Pelegi plays his father. That's weird. And in Supernatural, he played his grandfather. Oh, really? Oh, wait, I knew that. I didn't know that. <laughs> I saw that episode. You saw that episode. Yeah. Oh, I see. I was trying to make the math, make that math work, but oh, I'm no. assuming... It's he Supernatural played... math. Like, he was oh, dead no, and then he came back uh, to But life. I'm assuming that he played his grandfather... At an age when his like his father would have been young. No, he like played in a flashback? his flashback. Uh, so there was so at one point they go back in time and it's Mitch Pelegi is his mom's father, and so oh, okay. you you first meet him in the past, which is fine. So he's the age that a dad would be, kind of thing. Right. Um, right. But then, <laughs> for mysteriously in season six, he is resurrected from the dead. Uh, in and Supernatural, somebody comes back to life. Oh, my God. I know, right? <laughs> show really went off the rails there. Mm-hmm. Uh, good thing they corrected course and nobody ever came back from the dead ever again. Um, so, anyway, I, I did find that a little bit amusing. So, that's Walker. That's Walker. All right. That's Walker. Um, I think it did well, like, for their premiere. At least, right? Yeah, they promoted. Oh, also, that. the other thing is, uh, Jared's real life wife plays his dead wife. Um, oh, right, right. So she's only in it for like a scene, but <laughs> then he keeps seeing her like ghost, mm-hmm. oh, and no. it's like she just has to be like backlit and grinning at him. It's really funny. <laughs> it's like, and I hope they do that for the entire show. Like he just is always seeing her in the same dress with the same, like, sweater off of her shoulders, like, glowing and just smiling at him whenever he does something right. Um, <laughs> I, like, I hope that sticks. <laughs> it got real quiet, guys. Well, I was trying to come up with a transition no, a segue, not... and, uh, wait, hang on, I'm circling it. Um, uh, here we go, from, here we go. Uh... Got it. Uh, Walker no. to Wanda. Speaking, no, 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 no. Speaking of Walker. law enforcement, there we go. Yeah, I had. A, I, I almost had. A, I felt like I had kind of like a. Anyway, yes. Yeah, speaking of law enforcement, thank you, Tori. <laughs> I appreciate you doing my job for me. Uh, there. So, so these are. I watched three shows this week that are not in my normal rotation. Uh, but are in both of yours. Um, yes. So, uh, 
first of all, uh, uh, where is my uh, small trophy uh, for participating? <laughs> uh, Prodigal Son, uh, The Rookie, and 911. Um, Prodigal Son is, is Tori's show. The Rookie is Dustin's. 911 is kind of both. Yes. Or, yes. Yes. Um, so what I'm saying is, like, now I've, I've, seen, I've seen the television that, that the two of you watch, and I feel like I understand you both a little better. Uh, but You're welcome, I, I wanted, You're Thank welcome. you. I wanted to start with 911 just because, uh, so I've <laughs> never seen it. Uh, I, I, I did watch the pilot of Lone Star last year, uh, and then, I, if I recall correctly, Tori, you had told me something to the extent of, that's not what 911 is about. <laughs> Please don't judge 911 on the Lone Star scale. Yes. Uh, I stand by and, that. And seeing the premiere of this show, I get that. I'm like, oh, okay. I think I understand. Um, uh, Do the, you? Well, between, <laughs> between the fact that they destroyed the Hollywood Reservoir, leading to a giant flood. Uh, also During a pandemic. Led, during, During a pandemic. pandemic, yes, the pandemic does exist in the Which show. Which led into a two-parter because the uh, flood, the the dam breaking leads to a flood, and it's all these earthquakes, and so it's also going to lead to a landslide. Right, right. The landslide is kind of like the cliffhanger. Yeah. Uh, but on top of that, they uh, they do such they 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 pull such uh, moves as uh, having a character say, uh, "You threw me under the bus." <laughs> and then moments later, a bus comes crashing through their office. Uh, they're, they're several stories up office like, because like of the flood. 20th floor skyscraper. Yeah. Right. Uh, you also have... Trapping there was the a, character under the bus. Right. Under the, trapping the other person under the bus. Right. Uh, and, uh, and also a moment that I did appreciate was when the, the heroic firefighter crew led by uh, Peter Krause uh, is going up the elevator to go rescue the people in and under the bus. Uh, there's a moment where they're literally just listening to the music in the elevator and kind of bopping to it a little bit. And then <laughs> like, they're, they're so calm and it's like, they're just like in the best mood, like, and they're about to go into hell. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that was the other moment where I was like, okay, I think I understand what the show is doing. But I also, so that moment in particular, because I had the same reaction. I was like, this moment is great. But that, I don't think that is a normal 911 moment. That was in particular. Okay. I think that they were trying, because they were trying to be really um, on point and, and not making a big deal out of it, but having their characters wear masks. Right, right. Especially because they're all first responders and they're they're interacting with people. But it's really hard when you, your entire cast has their faces covered. So it was like they they crammed them all in this elevator mm-hmm. as an excuse to have them not wear their masks. And then when right. the elevator doors open, they pull their masks up. Right. Um, but it was. I thought it was really funny because I was like, I know why they were doing it. It was like we can see them all looking at each other and you know and no masks. But on the other hand, like the one thing you're not supposed to do in the pandemic is be loaded onto an elevator together <laughs> right, in that right. close contact. So it was a bit of a stretch for me, but I loved but it. But they, they would all, if, if one of them was sick, they'd all be sick. Yeah. Just you see be, earlier in their... the episode, like as they're going into the station, they're all getting right. their temperatures checked and they're, right. yeah. And like in the, in the 911 call center, everyone's wearing their masks and like, like they, they were, they, that part of it was generally pretty, reasonably yeah they don't like call it out but they yeah it's it's happening it's it's all over um uh yeah and 
So I get it. I mean, I don't, I don't know if this show is for me, but I was entertained, and I was like, oh, I understand. We need well, to that's all it is, Matt. Anything. It's just entertaining. Yeah. Uh, oh, I did enjoy that uh, I'm... Chim? Is that his name? Yes. yes. Chim. So Chim is having a baby with Jennifer Love Hewitt? Yes. Correct. Okay. And uh, I approve. I approve of that uh, pairing. Yes. Um, they're really good together. Uh, yeah, they're I didn't understand cute. why he... I mean, I, I eventually gleaned it, but, like, he's not living at home because he doesn't want to get her sick right. because of the pandemic. But also, she's a she works in the call center, so it's like... It's not like she's not around people. I don't know. Yeah, um, she used to be a nurse. Uh, Chim is, I think, just being a little too overprotective. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And then his brother's there, who, I don't know, was some other guy. But I was like, oh, this is a little weird, but all right, whatever. They're, they're doing their thing. Well, and the guy that you see Chim with is, is Jennifer Love Hewitt's brother. Oh, I did not know so that. So it's literally but... like they just swapped apartments. Right. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is Buck. And so, and so normally do Buck and, uh, I don't know his name, but Chim's brother live together? No, uh, no, Chim, I don't know, I guess Chim's brother was still living with Chim. Chim's brother showed up out of nowhere last season, and it was like this whole storyline about Chim's, uh, dad, and how he wasn't a good dad. Um. Okay. So that kind of, the brother is a fairly new quantity. Um, but I think they were part of this was introducing that like Maddie really had moved in with Chim and then Chim and the pandemic hit and Chim was like, I can't be around you. Right. Um, I don't know that the brother had ever really moved out. I can't remember. OK. Um, but, you know, um, also, I didn't know that uh, Peter Krause's character and uh, Angela Bassett's uh, Angela Bassett's character are a couple. Yeah, that happened at the end of the first season. Okay. Um, because the whole, so you have to understand, like now they are the like stable backbone of the nine one one universe. But in the first season, Peter Krause was a recovering alcoholic who had killed his family in an apartment fire along with everyone else in the apartment building. Oh my god! Um, he he lit the apartment <laughs> building on fire. He was a fireman who who caused a fire. Um, so you know he had some issues and and, and he's not in jail. No, they, uh, I mean, he was like, it was an accident, but it was basically, he had a, he had an apartment that was like a couple floors down from his, the apartment he lived in with his family. It was an abandoned apartment that he would squat in to like do painkillers and drink. Okay. And he left a, he left a space heater on and it caused a fire when he wasn't looking at it and it spread through the whole building. Yeah. You can't do that. No. Um, but meanwhile, um, uh, uh, Angela Bassett's character <laughs> is separating from her husband because right. uh, he is gay. Oh. And so it's like that season is her kind of. And that's Rockman. Rockman uh, Dunbar. Dunbar. Yeah. And, and so real... that, this is the evolution of them being like the best divorced couple because it's like once she finally realizes she has to like. They need to just break up. They can't just keep pretending for the kids. Right. Um, they become like the most functional divorced couple ever. They are wonderful. They were together. very. They were very functional in their one Zoom scene yes. uh, in this episode. Like um, Krause right, well, and I, Dunbar are kind of like the best couple on the show, even though <laughs> they're not together. They're just there's a lot right. of chemistry there. 
I, I, so well, good. I did not get any of this from the uh, from. <laughs> I, I did not realize any of this backstory. Although I will say, Dustin, your your point about Krause and Dunbar that does kind of. I mean, they did nod to that in the uh, in this premiere um, when because he and the two of them had been talking about uh, right. Angela Bassett behind her back, and she's yeah. like, "Why don't you two? How dare you?" Yeah, they like they're like co-husbands in a way, and it's very cute. Oh, when they go on the camping trip last year. Yes, season? yeah. It was so cute. Oh, man. Yeah, it's it's just so healthy, and it's really amazing because it all began from a place where Peter Krause killed an apartment building full of people. <laughs> right, including his family. <laughs> including yes, his family. Sure. Huh. So it's, it's really amazing how far his character has come. <laughs> all right. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, nine one one. I'm glad you enjoyed that. I hope you you know stick around. Nobody's even gotten rebar through their skull yet. That's true. Um, I, I all, all I've seen so far are a woman get swept into a storm drain after her husband died, and then she was freaked out about COVID for months, and then she finally gets on a bike and then gets washed away by the Hollywood <laughs> Reservoir. Uh, the bus thing. Uh, and then, and then the Hollywood sign getting destroyed by a uh, landslide. Uh, and and as a resident of Los Angeles, was this realistic? Uh, I'm gonna say no. <laughs> but I but I, I I will say I didn't know. So when I saw the promo, I I I believe I said to to the two of you that this was not realistic. But understanding what they're talking about now cuz i thought it was it was like the the water was crashing through the hollywood sign so i was like yeah. oh well that doesn't make any sense right. but the i don't know the the stability of the land be, it's whatever earthquakes fine 2012 yeah it can happen um the big ones coming uh it it's all it's all you know adjacent enough um and like you know heightened in a way that it's uh sure why not it can it can it could happen um, because but, I want uh, you to know that nine one one really strives for realism. It does. It does. That, that does sound. I mean, I'm assuming that they are uh, they are a ripped from the headlines type of show. They absolutely are. Yeah. Sometimes it's more like viral videos on the internet, but all of it seems to have actually <laughs> happened. Uh, I forgot that you have done the research and you have the receipts, <laughs> uh, at least in the past. Um, I have not Googled, has a bus gone? <laughs> has anyone <laughs> thrown someone under a bus only to be immediately trapped <laughs> under a bus? Right. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's obviously some, some level of truth to it, but uh, uh, not unlike uh, some of these other shows, like Prodigal Son and The Rookie, which uh, are kind of dealing with uh, their, 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 well... I don't know if you can say Prodigal Son is more grounded, but <laughs> in, a, in a weird way, they're both doing stuff that's slightly more grounded. I don't know. I would um, argue, no. I don't know about The Rookie. I did not catch up on The Rookie this okay. week, but I did watch uh, Prodigal Son, so I don't know where you yes. want to start. Um, but uh, to me, Prodigal Son, um, you know, it's about the son of a serial killer in right. helping profile other in you know criminals for the NYPD major crimes unit, right? Um, and I, I wanted to bring it up this week because one of the things that we talked about um, toward the end of last year, as you know, kind of when there were a lot of t- TV critics were sort of analyzing um, 
cop shows. Mm-hmm. And in light of kind of uh, Black Lives Matter and, and the protests and a lot of the, the, um, the kind of reckoning around how cop shows glorify cops. Right. <laughs> in spite of the, you know, uh, the violence and the, you know, the misconduct that that we see in real life. And right. so how do you how do you reconcile these two things? So it was kind of interesting waiting to see how some of these shows would come back and and uh, incorporate that um, if they would try to like to deal with it at all. And 911 did a bit of that even before um, the protests. Like they had a storyline last summer uh, last year oh, about um, it's a really good one too. It was really it was really well done. It was all done in an episode, but it was it was well handled. It was about a, a Rockman Dunbar getting pulled over with his mm-hmm. kids in the car, and mm-hmm. it escalates and cops pull guns on him, and they don't know that his wife is you know uh, a cop, and it's Angela right. Bassett. And so you know, right. on the one <laughs> hand, you've got a cop show where the only in you know the only real the only cop of importance on 911 is played by Angela Bassett, which does about as, as glorifying <laughs> as you can make, you know, a cop. But on the other right. hand, they have her kind of, you actually see her character grappling with on the, when she first hears about the scenario, she immediately signs with the cops and she tries to point out that like, while they made a mistake, you know, uh, they put their lives on the line. They may have overreacted. They may have actually believed they were in danger, whatever. And the more she hears about what actually happened to her ex-husband and her kids um she turns around and starts uh goes back to the station and and basically i think like gets it brought up to internal affairs like she she realizes that she you know has to side with her family not with uh the cops and that they Mm -hmm. really were she starts looking into the cops and finds out like no they were actually racist assholes um and have a track record of making a lot of mistakes like that and so she um, she nails them for it, but you know, it's still glorifying. It's still trusting that internal affairs is going to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that was like a little, uh, a one episode off thing that they did last season. And it was before kind of the conversation started happening in the, um, around cop shows. Um, so one thing that I thought was interesting with Prodigal Son is they kicked off this season. And it is, I, to me, it's not the most realistic show, <laughs> right, especially right, right. because it's like you've got a bunch of cops. But the main character is the son of the serial killer who's a profiler. Like, he's not really a cop. Right. Um, and all the other cops on the show are, um, they're kind of, they're like his background singers. <laughs> like, right. They're right. They're, so, not, they're not the focus. They're not the focus. So it's, you know, to an extent, I'm not looking, I wouldn't expect Prodigal Son to suddenly, like, get real gritty about this. Uh, but the way that they decided to address it, uh, I think they kind of fumbled it. So there are three main cop characters on the show. Uh, Gil is the kind of the captain and he's played by Lou Diamond Phillips. So Mm -hmm. again, (laughs) you know, (laughs) just about as glorifying of a cop as you can make it. Um, and then his two underlings are played by, uh, are, uh, it's Danny, um, Aurora Paranu. And then, uh, a, a, guy named JT who's also a black man and JT uh in the in the premiere of the season at the end of the episode uh JT basically uh, Malcolm the main character is facing a killer in his apartment and uh Gil and JT and and Danny all are like rushing to the scene and they're they call for backup on the way 
So JT is standing outside waiting for the backup. Uh, and before he and the, the cop cars pull in and they immediately get out and pull their guns on him and before mm-hmm. and start yelling at him before he can pull his badge and right. like pin him to the wall and call him boy and all this stuff. And it like it's it's a nasty scene. And luckily, Danny and Malcolm, they, they all kind of rush out and are like, no, 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 he's really a cop. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can see that JT is is shaken up about this and the episode ends with this like pep talk from Lou Diamond Phillips that's basically like I've got your back don't worry you know because uh, he because JT is afraid of retaliation right. he's afraid to like bring this issue up and pursue it further um, and Lou Diamond Phillips basically literally gives a speech about how uh, JT and Danny are proof that there are good cops and like using that term mm-hmm. like you're proof that there are good ones which is missing the point a bit right. <laughs> of the whole thing. And they seem to be pursuing that because now uh, in the second episode, there's an instance where JT is trying to call for backup and cops do retaliate. They, the people who answer are like, oh, you're just impersonating a cop. We're not sending anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're now targeting him. And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but they're really leaning into rather than a reckoning of all cops' behavior, really trying to, to do this line between, you know, our characters are good cops, but there right. are these bad cops, and, and right. that's about as deep as they're going to get. And it's, it's, you know, I wouldn't expect more from Prodigal Son, but it was, like, <laughs> so obviously whiffed. You know? Like, could mm-hmm. you just not have done the Lou Diamond Phillips speech? <laughs> like, so, I don't know. I don't know if the rookie came back with anything like that. Uh, I, the rookie is doing, I, I think, uh, a really good job of it. Um, yeah. They, uh, the rookie is uh, Nathan Fillion's show. It's like he's the star of the show, but other than Fillion, it's uh, you know almost entirely people of color in the cast, and the writing staff is very diverse. Uh, it's uh, led by Alex Holly, um, and. Uh, I think what they're doing is a little more subtle. Um, they got Brandon Ruth this season is playing a bad cop, and he's not subtle. Mm-hmm. He's like a he's like a racist cop. But what they're showing with him is how hard it is to get rid of a bad cop, and mm-hmm. like they keep trying. They like know he's a bad cop, but there's like layers of protection from the union, and they keep trying to. Um, you know, whatever, right, getting written up or kicked off or fired or whatever, and he sort of uses these um, systematic uh, things that are in place against them to right to protect yeah. himself. So, which is really realistic. Exactly. Yeah, and they're doing <laughs> yeah. they're doing a really good job because, like. Um, like the sergeant, he's a black cop too. So like their boss and he hates the Brandon Ruth character, but he is sort of hamstrung by everything. Mm-hmm. He was going to retire and now he wants to stay and sort of like, uh, figure this out, but he doesn't know what to do. Uh, meanwhile, there is a, besides Philly and there's one other white cop and he's like, and I think it's maybe a little more interesting what they're doing with him. Um, because he's like a good guy. He's like a good cop, but they're showing all of these 
instances where uh, like uh, of unconscious bias where like oh you are being racist and you don't even know it even though like you're a good guy mm-hmm. if you know what oh, I mean. Oh yeah. So I think they are like doing a really solid job. I mean um I mean it's still a network show. I don't and, and it's an aspirational show as Nathan Fillion will often say. So it's like yeah. th- they don't get like really, really dark about it, but I do think that they're highlighting a lot of the issues and doing so right. successfully. Right. Well, well it, 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 oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say. I mean, that's part of the struggle too. Is like at the end of the day, it is still a cop show, right? So it's like you know, they, you can have you know, walking that balance of highlighting these issues in a way that doesn't completely undermine the characters and the premise that you've built up, right? And. Uh, and yeah, and it's it's interesting. I mean, I haven't seen all of the rookie, but I did watch the. Uh, I watched. I think it was the third episode of the season, Dustin, which was last week's. Mm-hmm. So that was the one where um, Brandon Routh's character kind of got in trouble. The like actually, or like, was actually being called out for being you know racist right. essentially. Um, but it was it was interesting to watch because at at first I was very. His character seemed like such a caricature. That I was like, this is this is weird. Like it, like he felt like he was in a different show, almost. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think I appreciate how, uh, because his character is so cartoonish, in a way, um, it it it's it's like you said, it's now being used to to uh, to kind of highlight like, no, but this is how how difficult the system right, is. This is right. how tough it is to actually get rid of a bat. Like, even this cop, who is so insanely, obviously wrong, you know, has all of these protections, which, you know, whether you agree with them or not, are part of the system. Um, Yeah. Because often internal affairs is not really incentivized to to bring actual actions against, you know, and there's the unions, and there's, you know, there's a lot that goes into protecting, you know, police officers, which... Well, in this um, week's particular episode, there was like basically I don't know a sting against him, uh, but his old partner, who was also black, uh, informed and like told him that there was a sting on him, like because he didn't want to stick his neck out, and he was like, "You got to." Basically, he was like blue before, like you got to protect your, you know, cop friends before skin color or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. he threw the sting operation under the bus uh, to protect uh. the cop. So that was also like a complicated thing, too. Yeah. And then once Brandon Ruth's character knew that the sting operation was happening, he set it up to turn it against his n- new partner, who was also black, to get him and, and a rookie who's, t- you know, not protected by the union yet because he's still on a sort of probationary period to mm-hmm. sort of like f- screw him over. But so within the episode, is this the, is this like the A plot or is this stuff that's happening a no, little is, by little while other thing while other cases are going on? Well, there's other, this is the A plot. Yes. Yeah. Nathan, okay. Nathan Fillion is actually the C plot at this point, which is always <laughs> interesting. I mean, I don't know. Fillion is great, and uh, I mean, it's he's sort of the anchor of the show. But 
It's a really good ensemble. Right. Mm. I mean, it's interesting because hearing that, I do think that Prodigal Son is maybe trying to to steer into some of some of that stuff, like the protections that exist and how hard it is to for cops to go against cops on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just because it's so far down on the priority list, and it, it's just being done in a very shallow way. Right. Right. Um, so I don't know if it's ever going to really if it's ever going to work. Right. And and to your point, Tori, I mean, no matter what these shows, you know, if your protagonists are uh, cops, then they're like, in some ways, the furthest you can go is, but these are the good ones. Right. Um, Which which it's it's just a it's just a problem of the genre, essentially. And I think Prodigal Son hit that wall a lot earlier because the cop characters are already not the, they're not the stars. <laughs> like, right, right, right. You know, the show has enough going on with Malcolm right. and his serial killer father and, like, their psychological right. problems. And, and I, I will love. say, I, I don't, uh, I did watch the episode that you that you uh, talked about, the season premiere, um, and, you know, obviously you can only judge a show on what ends up on air, but that sequence did feel like it was a longer scene that was stripped way, way down. Yeah. Um, like, like it felt like, you know, once upon a time, there was a version of that scene that had, like, you know, a little bit more nuance and, like, you know, and, and him trying to talk down the cop and the cop doesn't believe him for whatever. Like, more more akin to kind of, like, what happened in The Rookie, like, in terms of, like, the amount of real estate they give it. But but it's, like, the third or fourth most important thing in the episode. So Yeah. So it just, they just have to, you know. They have to cut. But, you know, it is a similar thing where, like, Malcolm is the when it is the investigation stuff, he is the only white character. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, the cops, the medical, they're all people of color. So it's, right. um, yeah, so I don't, yeah, it's just, it's just a more shallow show. Mm-hmm. I would just also like to note uh, for the record that it's really unsettling to see Superman play a super racist cop. I bet he's good at it, though. He is he was really, good at it. He is really good at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's the thing about Brandon Routh, and it's not an insult. It's just if you need someone to go cartoony, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. he'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I was... Uh, I, when, yeah, when I said cartoonish, I didn't mean to... It wasn't a... Uh, it wasn't a, an insult. Like, I think that that's, that's yeah, right. kind of what the role calls for in, in that particular It's show. not unsubtle. Yeah. No. Um, it's so... Oh, man, I love... Yeah. It just, yeah, tonally is different from the rest of the show. Right. But... Uh, speaking of shows that are tonally different than <laughs> the rest of the show... <laughs> yeah, that works. It, works. it does, actually. Uh, Seems legit. Seems legit. Uh, it's, uh, we'll just briefly talk about, uh, the latest episode of WandaVision. Episode Uh, three, uh, now in color. Uh, and, uh, this was like the, they, they reached basically like the seventies era of TV. Yes. So that's cool. Um, uh. Well, I think Dustin had some questions. I don't know if you want to start there. Yeah, let's start there. I, I, I thought it was, uh, Better episode than the previous two. It was uh, funny, but then the Ultron thing was like, what, what, oh, what? Because that sort of, like, snapped me out of the... It it made it more interesting 
when yeah. uh, he she asked when somebody mentioned that Ultron killed your brother, and she sort of uh, recognized that something else was going on. Right. Yeah. Well, it broke the illusion. Right. So what is going on here? Tori. <laughs> <laughs> so we still we still don't know, but that was I think that was a very that was a pivotal scene in the sense that it. it well, no, it's, it's, it's similar. Like, this is the, the thing. I, I see a lot of people have theories, but also there's a comic storyline, apparently. But why do they have theories if there's a comic storyline? Uh, because it's, this seems to be mixing a lot of different... So there are certain things that are happening uh, that come from different story, different comic yeah. arcs. But it's not like one specific arc. Right. So this right. isn't... Yeah. Uh, was there and a even at that, story they, arc I where think, she was trapped in a, an alternate reality? Well, so there there was a story arc where there's a cosmic cube that kind of create that it creates this this town that is a holding center. <laughs> like people get trapped mm-hmm. in it, and and kind of it's an alternate reality. Um, so that is true. But part of it is that the organizations are different. Like what sword represents uh, in the MCU versus in the comics is different because mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. like uh, it's a world observation team, whereas in the show what I think they're setting up is it's it's a sentient weapon observation team. So, uh, the theory that's going on right now is that all of the characters in this. Uh, bucolic suburban like this little this quaint little suburban uh town that that wanda's in that they're all magic users and so they've all been kind of trapped um for reasons that are unclear they're probably trapped by aim uh advanced idea mechanics which is a science arm of hydra mm-hmm. uh, oh, okay. and then sword I'm is trying to that to, again <laughs> and sword is trying to find them, although it could be the reverse. Um, but yeah, there's there's a whole theory about how every single character um, is inspired by like they haven't revealed it yet. But like Agnes would be Agatha Harkness, who's a a, a witch in the comics, mm-hmm. um, things like that. So that is one thing. Um, the fact that this is all sort of a. a Projection. So, you know, we also don't know if this is, you know, a matrix scenario where all of the characters are, you know, in pods and their brains are just plugged in or if they're actually I don't think that's the case. There seems to be like an actual physical location because you well, see Wanda throw um, uh, Monica Geraldine, Rambo. Geraldine yeah. but yeah, uh, yeah, Geraldine out. Well, well, once she was once she was kind of like projected out, it felt like, oh, OK, this is. This is a, yeah, that, that felt like it, it kind of shifted it into, this is some kind of, obviously with the, the genre shifts, uh, there's some kind of, you know, projection television thing going on, right. but, um, but it is, but it is also a physical place. Like it's not just that they're all plugged into a computer. Yeah. Like these characters, and it seems like the different characters around them, like the, the interaction that, uh, that. Vision has with Agnes and and Herb mm-hmm. is loaded. Like they seem to know something is going on that Vision and Wanda aren't privy to. Right. So it also, you know, there there's a level of so maybe they're all trapped. Maybe this place is a real physical uh, location, mm-hmm. but 
the existence that Wanda, you know, like, is Wanda the only one going through this weird TV thing? Is she creating that? Is that her kind of psychosis as opposed to everyone else who is also going along with it? Right. Um, Who is, who is actually controlling the, the reality settings? Right. And they, and they've shown a couple moments where it, uh, I'm thinking specifically of when she says no to the the beekeeper guy. And like rewinds. Uh, yeah, and and like those moments made it seem like whether she's conscious of it or not, she's actually uh, affecting con- change. Yeah, right. um, like the same thing with this uh, this week's episode when th- they have kind of like the the TV glitch and like the scene starts over um, when Vision had been kind of you know referring to the. I guess that one that one could have gone either way. Like that one felt like it, it might be. Some external force, you know. That one could, yeah, it could have been an loading it force. on her, or or if it was her. Um, I actually rewatched it uh, tonight just to get it back in my brain. Um, but there was a there was something about it that made me think like the other way that that could be read is um, that you're seeing Wanda kind of like uh, Vision, you know, realizing that there are weird things happening is messing with her head, and she doesn't, and like will. Uh, it's going to puncture the reality to the point where she's going to realize the vision is dead and she doesn't right. want to accept that. And so that's why she, re- like, it doesn't look like she resets it, but she, she, she still did. resets it. Yeah. 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 I mean, it could go either way. And there's definitely, I think that's, that also is the, her remembering the fact that she was kind of forced to remember what happened to her brother. Right. With Ultron and the, that there were these events outside that were not happy. Um, right. Because once you start going down that path, that's like how she met Vision. And then mm-hmm. what are these battles that the Avengers did after that? And then, you know, you're eventually going to get to Thanos and, and, and Vision dying. So right. um, just the, the mention of what happened to Pietro, you know, brings up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a certain amount of like willful ignorance on her part and some sort of machinations going on around her. Right. Um, and it's just the balance isn't quite clear yet. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it also like Geraldine, her reaction, like she said it without thinking, but then she, I couldn't tell if she was intentionally covering her tracks, right? Like, Oh, I didn't say that. Or if it, if that also her revealing the truth was a glitch and like, she truly didn't remember. Right. Um, and, and when she's ejected and you see her on the outside, it doesn't look like, uh, regardless of kind of like what her mental state was at that moment, um, th- it's not like her people are like coming to pick her up. Like something, like it doesn't look like the people who are containing this town are necessarily li- necessarily like part of. I guess sword since she's probably part of sword. Yeah, she's on. probably part of sword. Yeah, and that's yeah, yeah it's not clear yet. Um, right. So. One thing that, that I wanted to ask you, Dustin, since you're the... I mean, I, I haven't read any of the comics that these are uh, uh, inspired by, in part, at least. But um, since I think I'm kind of in between you and Tori in terms of like comic book knowledge, uh, I wanted to ask you, this third episode, did this feel like this would have been a better stopping point? Like, if they had released the first three and then gone one a week? Yeah, yeah. Because that was that was one thing that I thought of. I, the, yeah, I didn't really get it all hooked until the Ultron thing. I was like, oh, yeah, now I'm yeah. interested. Because this is the first time that you, I mean, not that you didn't know it going in as a viewer or like, 
you know, it's not hard to pick up that there's something weird going on. Right, but this right. is the first time that we're outside of the the TV reality. So this is the first time that we're shown. Oh yeah, no, there there is obviously something else going on. I can't wait to find out what it is next week. Yeah, you're getting a shape of the mystery rather than right. just the knowledge that there is one. Right. Right. Um, I definitely thought they should have run this one last week, like mm-hmm. drop the first three episodes. But I also feel like uh, if they've been in the 50s, 60s, 70s, then they still got 80s, 90s. Uh, so they got four more episodes if they're going to continue doing that before they like reveal what the hell is going on. Yeah. And that's a little annoying if they're going to just keep going through the decades before revealing the big whatever. I think you're going to get, it seems like it's a, it's ramping up the pace. So now that, mm-hmm. that Geraldine is outside, who is again, Monica, like you, you'll probably see more scenes that are outside of right. the television reality. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming you're going to start balancing the two. Right. Um, so I think it's going to, it's going to break down more and like each week, like a little bit more, um, yeah, I don't know. Plus, you've also got... I mean, this is where it, it will also get interesting. The kids, I think, are going to have to grow up very, very quickly. Because you have a... The pregnancy happened in an entire episode... In one episode. And, right. You know, mm-hmm. she was pregnant and gave birth. And so, you know, the next question is, as they move through these, you know, decades of television, like, how quickly are those kids growing up? Right. One, one benefit of that, though, is that at least... Uh, probably won't like next week we probably won't be dealing with like babies yeah they could already <laughs> like at least maybe there'll be yeah. kids who can who can talk and run around or something but yeah so next week is 80s are they gonna do like wonder Years style is it gonna be like mm. uh oh family ties <laughs> that makes sense yeah la, la, you know. la. 90s I, I mean i've already seen there was like a promo where you can see that wanda is wearing a flannel shirt so i'm pretty sure we're gonna get to like friends stuff oh finally my my, <laughs> my zone of knowledge <laughs> <laughs> wanda and ross will have a kid mm-hmm. <laughs> in the same episode where uh vision tries to quit the gym yes exactly <laughs> um but you know i think there's so there's a lot of theories going on based on around um like maybe this is an experiment to create this one one theory I read that I thought was really interesting is that this could be a a way to get the mutants into the MCU mm-hmm. because one one thing that happened is uh there's a character called the high evolutionary who was involved in um the raising of, of Wanda and her brother. Um, and also the creation of Adam Warlock, who a lot of the movie version of vision is based on. Okay. Uh, vision is a little different than the comics version of like, he is also a character, but he's more patterned on Adam Warlock, who was a different character as he was presented in the movies. Um, mm-hmm. right down to having the, the soul, the mind gem, mind stone, but it's the soul gem in the comics. I don't know. Um, whatever <laughs> they called them different things. Um, but so the high evolutionary, uh, one, one idea is that maybe this whole program is that they're trying to create magical babies. Like the whole point is that Wanda gets pregnant. Oh, okay. And, and so because these are like natural 
babies, like maybe the this will be the introduction of mutants. Hmm. Uh, which I don't think is the case, but I think it's kind of interesting. Like, it's kind of a funny theory. Because in the comics, Wanda is a mutant, and that was something that was... They changed for the movies because Fox they had... They didn't have the rights. They didn't have the rights to mutants. But right. it was like Wanda and uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were these two characters that were kind of like... They straddled the border because they were they were Avengers, and they were mutants. So it was like, right. that was why you had them in, in both sets of movies. Right. Um, so, yeah, they might, this might be part of how they try to bridge that gap. <laughs> I don't Dustin, does it. that make, that all makes sense to you, right, Dustin? Sort of. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I know. No. no, none of it makes any sense. No, I mean, I like the thing about the her babies. The I don't get that, but that's interesting. Tommy and Billy. Well, I, yeah. Oh, and it was it was pretty funny when she had twins. Yeah. It's like, oh, here's another one. Well, yeah, and if they grow into the characters, that Tommy will be the the magic user, and Billy will be a speedster, just like Pietro. But I did, I did forget that that used to be a trope, like uh, people having twins, not knowing they had a another baby coming until after they had the. It was, it used to, I don't know if it was a sitcom or drama, but it used to be common television. Like, oh yeah, it's a, a baby, classic yeah. television. Yeah. Thing. But yeah, like no one had an ultrasound, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it works here because she didn't have time to have an ultrasound, right? <laughs> right. Um, I did appreciate, uh, this is just a random separate piece, but that even amidst all of the, uh, all of the Marvel, you know, MCU stuff that they have to deal with and all of that storytelling, they still were, uh, they, they still were indulgent enough in their homage to, to classic sitcom that they cut away to the one couple when the power goes out and she's like, "Does this necklace make my make make me look fat or whatever?" And then the the lights the power goes out, and he just says, "Oh, thank God!" It's just, <laughs> yeah, just like a good. perfect like <laughs> like you know terrible <laughs> joke of like the schlubby husband with like the with the wife and like, yeah. But like, but you know, it was it was great because that was also their only scene in the entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> and cutting POV away from you know our characters, but it didn't matter. Yeah. It's growing on me a little. Mm. I'm more we'll excited for next week than I was excited for this week. Like yeah. I hope, and maybe I hope that's the trend. Like at the end of every episode, you get a little bit more excited to see what the next chapter is going to bring. Right. Um, yeah. Cause, cause now it, it does feel like, again, it's not that it was unclear that this is, you know, that, that we were headed in this general direction, but now it starts, it's starting to feel like, okay, now things are starting to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's one thing to know that there is a mystery. There's another thing to, like, have an idea of the scope of it. And I do right. think, like, just just breaking that wall, like, getting a glimpse of the outside world is the impact that had was just, in, in terms of my interest in the show, <laughs> was huge. <laughs> right. Um, now it feels like there are actual stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Honestly, though, I'm just twiddling my thumbs for Randall Park to show up. Like... I just want Jimmy Woo. Wait, what if a, he never shows up? Wait, is this something you that's gonna son happen? Of a bitch. <laughs> did we talk about this before? Have I? Did I drink so much the last time? We what is he coming? I love Randall Park, 
And well, his voice was on the... Uh, he was the one on the radio saying, uh, who's doing this to you? Right? Oh, oh yeah. that's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Okay. Um, and w- I saw him in the promos. Like, so there, there is a shot where he's like running with other agents, like across a field, presumably toward the town. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I think he he is showing up in the show. Oh, yeah. that's exciting. Yeah, and then he's gonna he's gonna punch Keanu Reeves randomly. What? Oh, God, it's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's also the, the. So what I don't know is he was an FBI agent in Ant Man. Mm-hmm. But is mm-hmm. this him making the transition to S.W.O.R.D. or a different agency? Is he going right, to be, right. you know, that's what I want. Because then I want him to show up in all of the movies and TV shows because he's the character I am most invested in. Right. Like he should be the, the next uh, Phil uh, Coulson. McFury. Yeah. Or, yeah. or yeah. Or Coulson. Yeah. Either one. <laughs> Either one. <laughs> oh, actually, Coulson, Coulson's the better uh, comp because he can be in every movie and then get his own show. Yes. And he can die and come back, mm-hmm. just like Supernatural. Or just doesn't die. It would be just, nice if he just didn't die. Yeah. I would love that. Oh. <laughs> just, <laughs> what if they, 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 they backed up the truck of money <laughs> to Keanu Reeves and then got him? I don't know who he plays, but he plays somebody just so Jimmy Woo can punch him. Well, no, because it's a sitcom trope. He's the special guest star. Oh, week. there you go. Okay. You make up a random character. It doesn't matter. Yeah. He just shows yeah. up and the audience claps and then yeah. Randall Park punches him. Yeah. That would be amazing. That would be, that'd be a great, like, $3 million joke to make a, <laughs> to make a callback <laughs> to a Netflix movie that you don't own. <laughs> and Keanu would probably do it. Right. <laughs> totally. Um, also love the fact that you started that with what if and that is another MCU show <laughs> that's coming. <laughs> oh, so what if that's a what if episode? That would be amazing. Um, but it would right. be animated. I, no, you're that's just... true. Did you ever wait did did you ever read the what if comic story? Hey, what if was a them. Renee Zellweger okay. series. What? what? Wasn't it? What was the Wait. Yeah, Renee Zellweger started in What If. I think that's a different thing. Yeah, we're talking about It is about a different a, thing. I'm just saying it's strange that What If is also a Marvel series and a Netflix series starring Jane Levy and uh, uh, Renee Zellweger. Speaking of which, I did catch up oh, on... Oh, yeah, that one. You remember that one? Yeah. I, I, I never watched it, but I remember the title now it that you was, mentioned it. It was pretty bad. Um, you know what's not pretty bad that stars Jane Levy? Zoe extraordinary, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. I caught up on it. Still going. Uh, I, I, this wasn't in our rundown, but I, I want to mention it real quick. Du- Wait, so Dustin, you watched uh, episode three? Yep. Okay, so real quick, uh, what did you think of the um, the ways that they, they finally showed what it looks like outside of Zoe's point of view when she is uh, when she's hearing a song? Oh, oh, yeah. Because I thought it was really cool. Um, yeah, that was pretty cool, yeah. Because um, they they did it, they uh, she and Skylar Aston are having relationship troubles. So like you see it from his point of view, where she just kind of like looks off in the distance and she's her like, eyes yeah. kind of glaze over. Dead eye. And he's like he's <laughs> like you just heard me singing. What did you hear me singing? Um, because he's freaked out about what she what she heard of, you know in his head and all that. And anyway, um, I, I just like that they're they're expanding the show in a really nice way. Where like. You know, obviously it's still fundamentally a musical, fundamentally from her point of view, but 
Um, I got, yeah, all right. Yeah. I, you I know. know, I just, mm. You still I'm don't trying. like it, do you? I'm trying. I'm really trying because everybody loves it. I just don't, I don't, I don't like the way they do the music, I think. They're not good arrangements. Just. And I think it doesn't, it, mm. it, it, the musical numbers do not land with me. Interesting. Like I is it because you have no soul? Maybe. Is it, yeah, it's is probably. there a different reason? That like I know legit. the songs and I just I they do, they're not working for me. I okay, can I ask I thought what that, your reaction to them is because I think they work for me because they're every single time they're cringe inducing. <laughs> and it that maybe that's why they don't work for you. But I find them so painfully awkward, not the arrangement I just do, like Yeah. Like that, uh, well, and it's it's awkward for her, right? Every time I think that number with her dancing with her dad while he he was dying, I think that was supposed to get a big emotional reaction. But I found that cringe-inducing, and I don't remember what the song was. But then you also have like um, Mary Singburgen singing like uh, songs like modern top forties, and it sounds very strange. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. I, I'm trying, and I'm going to keep watching. It's just <laughs> not landing for me. And I love Jamie. Uh, love her. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. I mean, I, I think it depends on the. It depends on the episode. It depends on the song. Um, I, I think one thing that they've been doing this year, for better or worse, is that they the numbers are a lot shorter. Like, but they're doing more of them. So, like, they're not. You know, some of the numbers are like. 60 seconds or like, mm-hmm. you know, pretty quick. Um, but the, uh, uh, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm a sucker for musicals, so I'm obviously a, uh, I'm think, an easy get for this show. Uh, but I, I, I think that when they hit highs, um, I'm very impressed because like, like the, the deaf number last year, um, when they did, uh, I, I think, uh, I think the the breakup between it's not even Jane Levy's song, but like the breakup last season between uh, her other love interest and uh, his fiance. Mm-hmm. Um, that number I loved. I thought it was great. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm I'm still waiting. I mean, look, may, maybe. Maybe it's okay. Maybe it's not for you, Dustin. You know, not every show is for everybody. But it like, seems like it like, would uh, be made for me. The like, Rookie and uh, Prodigal Son and Nine One One. Come on, we'll, no. we'll, come we'll on. see about Nine One One. But but the Rookie and Prodigal Son maybe not for me. But Dan, I hope Nine One One is for you. I want you to join the because <sighs> yeah. we can like we I'm, can text each other. Join our cult. I'm not going to lie. I really enjoyed that premiere. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> and you have to understand the premieres are always like some big city threatening stunt. Right. Right. Um, it's the show is really in its meat and potatoes when it gets into like the just weird weekly themes, yep. right? Usually around holidays or, or karma or whatever, and it's mm-hmm. just in just weird, weird, gross emergencies. <laughs> does Ryan Murphy write all these shows? He doesn't, does he? Can't. No, possibly. this is Tim Minear. Oh, this is Minear. Yeah, he's much better. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's not lousy. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan Murphy's bad. On that note, I think it's probably time for people to go to oh, sleep. Yes, someone, it's someone's definitely a, time. Someone's a, someone just, is being cranky. Someone's a little cranky. Someone's, <laughs> someone's 
up a little too late. Mm-hmm. That's now yeah. he's saying things he can't take back about musical shows on NBC. No, no, I want to like it, but I, I do want to add very quickly that I finished Lupin over the weekend, and, and I loved it. You did? Yeah, I did. I did. It was absolutely fantastic. But don't you hate that cliffhanger because you realize it's not a complete season? Yes, I was very frustrated by the cliffhanger. But it was like, it was almost like, uh, because I knew it was coming because you told me about it, so it felt yeah. like... Uh, um, I don't know how to explain it, but I was like, oh, good good on you. Good on you. All right. I'm coming right. back. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I will someday catch up on Lupin, and uh, we will all be back next week uh, with some more TV talks. Uh, but uh, good night. <laughs> good night. Good night. <laughs>